0: And I'm thinking, what else is going on that what we else? yet don't understand? Other than, I believe it's 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 connected to the DNA. It's connected to who we really are, and the information held in the DNA that we haven't yet um, tapped into. Mm-hmm. That I think is all part. Of. That's the that's the that's the bottom line. I think is is it's the DNA somehow or other. It's doing something in in the activation of that.
1: right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Higher Journeys. And of course, if it is your first time here, I welcome you. I am your host, Alexis Brooks, and I am delighted, as always, to have one of my regular guests, one of our fan favorites, Ms. Mary Rodwell, all the way from Australia. We're talking about a lot of stuff, guys. I have to confess After full disclosure, we were chatting for so long offline about all the stuff that's going on that we're going to share with you that I said, you know what, let's just press the record button because we've got a lot to share with the journeyers. There's something going on, Mary Rodwell. Welcome, by the way. Thank you. There's something going on and we're trying to parse what is happening. There's a headline that I want to bring up right off the bat. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mary, I sent you the article and apparently you had heard about this. This is an article that I found on MSN.com having to do with um, a Pentagon report that was released very recently, I believe last uh, Thursday or Friday, having to do with the possibility, they're looking at the possibility that there may be a quote, alien mothership hidden somewhere within our solar system. There was some research that was done um, by uh, a gentleman or actually co-authored by a gentleman named Sean Kirkpatrick, who is the director of the Pentagon's All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. He co-wrote this report with Avi Loeb, a name that I know you know, Mary, and I'm sure our our, uh, audience does as well, about this possibility. I want to read a quote Uh, That I believe he gave to MSN, or at least he put the, the quote out publicly that says, quote, an artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage to Earth, an operational construct not too dissimilar from NASA missions. Now, guys, and forgive me, indulge me, indulge Mary because we want to bring Mary into the conversation. But I want to set this up, and this is the aha moment that I had as I was both prepping for our interview, Mary. Mm. Uh, I recalled this uh, article that I had uh, flashed across my my desk a couple of days ago, and I recalled uh, a dream that I was telling you about uh, mm. on our last show. I'm going to play a clip, and we're gonna we're gonna make this the beginning of the conversation. That as Uh, Mr. Kirkpatrick is describing what he believes this to be. The dream that I shared with you that I had last year matches up in some very strange ways. Let's watch this clip first. Mm -hmm. And then on the back end, we're going to talk about this. Let me let me play this for you. Here's what I wanted to bring up to you, Mary, because I'm thinking of a dream that I had. Mm. I brought it up on the show uh, before about um, six weeks, let's let's say about six or so weeks ago. And in this dream, I recall being in some kind of a structure. It felt like a home, a home on the ground. But I was looking out the window and what I saw seemed to be a planet that looked like earth, but I remember referring to it as the moon. I don't know. Let's call it a planet, but a planet, the size of a planet, literally outside of my window. And I just remember thinking oh my God, it's really happening. It is finally really happening. The the feeling of it was even more um, pronounced than what I was seeing, but it was right in my face. It was like looking out of your window and seeing a planet that you could literally touch. Now, here's the kicker. I recall very, very uh, clearly seeing what I would describe as craft, but I called them satellites for some reason. They were almost miniature craft craft, that were hovering around this planet in a multitude, hovering, you know, and the planet was moving, like sort of rotating on its axis toward. Mm. But what's key and I'm thinking, who's to say, but dreams for many people can be very revelatory. All right, there you have it, guys, there you have it, Mary. drawing any correlations here let me read the quote again an artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close
0: passage to the earth thoughts yeah it's that is stunningly synchronous isn't it um given what you were actually saying you know those many months ago and what's interesting is I'm, I'm wondering what the, what the planet was or, or have we a name for this planet? Or if you had any sense of what this planet was because the, the thing we were talking about was the arcs um, that seemed to be activated and there is a sense that if it is true that they are buried in various parts of this planet and are going to um, at some point show themselves um maybe it, it will be related to this planet in some way that those might be in fact what we're talking about is that it's the pla- our planet and that we are having all these arcs make themselves um, show themselves don't know What? what i would if you were a client of mine alexis i'd be saying to you what do you sense that planet was or do you get any understanding or knowing about that planet and what you were seeing do you get any could you say what you sensed absolutely I sensed that it was earth
1: mm. I sensed that it was earth although the now now that I'm being brought back to the dream which happened over a, a close to a year ago I I remember referencing it as the moon for some reason but the mm. feeling was that it was earth which is the reason why as I as I glimpsed this article that just uh, this report apparently that just came out last Friday where he referenced these, uh, these small uh, probes circling or passing by the earth. That's where I make the connection. I sensed it was the earth, which begs the question, where was I? Was I really in a home? Because that's how I described it. Or was I perhaps on a craft from that vantage point, glimpsing
0: the earth? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, If we take that to a a possibility, certainly it sounds like you were observing this from another standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, which would suggest you were in some form of uh, craft or whatever, um, observing that. But it's quite interesting. It brings me back to a dream, a young uh, lady client um, in Western Australia many, many years ago. Um, She had this dream and I know she won't mind me saying, uh, uh, sharing it is that she was on a craft and she said, you were on the craft too, Mary. And we were looking out the window and we were seeing hundreds of spacecraft um, coming to the planet, hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, She mentioned something about me writing, writing some information down which was to do with what was happening and all the rest of it. That was another part of the dream. But she said it was literally, we were watching them all coming towards planet earth and this was oh gosh this was about 10 or 15 years ago this lady mentioned this dream and we did wonder whether or not that's going to be part of some kind of event um that we are going to experience at some point because the event or what that is nobody quite knows but there is a sense that there is going to be some kind of paradigm shifting uh occurrence on this planet that will shift confidence comp- uh, you know, um, consciousness forever. That we will all be exposed to this this um, experience. So it's interesting.
1: We spent uh, a great deal of our time back in July. That was our last show, yeah. talking about what I called the or what we've been calling the event. And you folded that into this idea of space arcs. We can go there again. That that uh, video went very well. We'll of course have a link uh, to it below. In the description, but um, and this was in July. You know, right. again, we can get so caught up in time. When is the event? You know, and people want right. to prophesize or prognosticate about what it might be. And you know, my sense is that we're in the midst of at least the run up to, if mm-hmm. not, we're on the margins of that event. And it may be just sort of the slow unfurling, uh, but something is most certainly happening. Um, What I'd like
0: to add to that, Alexis, is what I'm seeing in terms of the numbers of clients that has uh, exploded exponentially um, contacting me. And these are people that may have had interactions, and certainly many of them have had interactions all their lives, but it seems that now is a pivotal time where they're wanting to understand it. It doesn't matter whether in their 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s, or whatever, suddenly they're... um, it's almost like there's been some kind of catalyst within them that's saying you've got to now explore that experience that happened, you know, X, you know, at a certain time or whatever. Um, somebody might have had missing time 15 years ago or 20 years ago or even 25 years ago was suddenly wanting to know. And the other thing that's been very obvious is many of them feel they're having downloads of information, um, they're being. Uh, you know that it could be science. It could be origin of the species. It could be more about who they are. It could be um, these languages that we call light languages or symbols or that. And one of the interesting things is that many of them saying, "I feel like I've got to know what it is now. I feel like I've, you know, I've got this mission or this this mandate. I I, I need to know what it is. And it's it's quite. Uh, and I've always said, you know, that if we don't yet fully understand what our downloads are or we can't unpack them yet, Mm. there is usually a reason for that. It's often about timing and that when the timing is right, we will be able to unpack them. because otherwise it's illogical that you would be given information in packages of what I call software um, that is given to us without the ability to decode them unless we're reaching a point where we will be able to decode them and why is that important if we are going to another level of awareness if something is being triggered within us whether it's our uh, you know it's our our dna is being act more of our dna is being activated we may need a new kind of decoder mm-hmm. to assist us to access more of that greater understanding or reality or higher consciousness but the interesting thing for me is a lot is happening now, almost like the last few years has been a catalyst in some way for many, many people. So what does that mean? It seems, it suggests to me that something is imminent. Yes, I that agree is, with you. That's, yes. that's what, what logically i am come to the conclusion is, because so many now are coming and wanting to be able to understand how to work, with their multidimensional selves, because that's all being activated. You know, my standard question now is, okay, so what do you want to explore? Well, I want to explore this missing time or I've had these all my life. I've had, you know, these beings at my bed or whatever. And I'll say, so do you feel presences around you? And many of them will say yes. And then I'll say, you know, do you feel energy or do you see um, little lights, you know, in the corners of your, your when you're looking at something, when you're focusing or, or do you get information in your head you haven't consciously learnt, for example? And they'll say yes, yes to all of that. So I'll say to them, you know, how do you manage? Well, I'm, I'm trying to understand it or um, it's helping me with, with what I'm doing. And then I'll say, do you know the source of it? And then they may or may not say, well, I think it's the angels or I think it's, it's these beings or, you know, it's my higher self or whatever. And my question is, well, don't you think you ought to find out? And that is the next step, is once they know what that source is, then you're going to have more confidence in what you're getting because you then ask questions. Instead mm-hmm. of just waiting for it to come to you, right. you can start questioning and getting more understanding. Be more and then you're, yeah. you're, you're more proactive with it. And that's what I'm finding many want to do now. They want yes. They're not just satisfied with I'm getting this knowing, this sensing or this feeling or they're showing me things. I want to be able to ask questions and understand more of my role in it Mm -hmm. and why I'm connected to these intelligences. Because I'll say to them, do you ever feel you're connected to any particular star system or um, other origin? And many of them will say, well, I've got this feeling that I'm connected to Arcturus or the Pleiades or Orion or Sirius or whatever. So um, and often in this little program that I use to work with them, I'll say, and in that I'll say, you're going to also ask your superconscious if you've got any connections to any star system. And they'll come out of the, the uh, meditation that I'm doing with them and say, and I'll ask them about it and they'll say, yeah, and I got this planet and this planet. And one of them was interdimensional and what was, you know. So what's fascinating is the, the information's there. They've not always thought to ask the question and tap into it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, know, it's
1: interesting that you serendipitous that you bring up triggers happening seemingly more recently triggers that could could be triggering recollections of events that took place 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 Mm -hmm. years ago. Caroline Corey and I just came back from well, she's in Los Angeles. I just came back from Los Angeles at AlienCon. I was telling you, Mary, where we filmed a podcast on location there and discussed just that, that there seems to be this rash of people having these spontaneous triggers in this within this time period. And um, some of them may be precipitated by just the sense of asking a question. What mm-hmm. is this? Or whatever the question is that the person feels compelled to ask will bring on an instantaneous recollection of a full encounter. Mm-hmm. I asked Caroline in, in uh, part of the conversation, could the fact that we are both hearing so much more about UFOs, UAPs, and even seeing them that could be acting as a catalyst in recollection of experience as well. Whatever the motivation of our hearing Mm. about UFOs in the news, if you know what I mean, it's still, Mm. there's something else going on that is pushing humanity. And I feel, Mary, I think you and I have talked about this, that Mm -hmm. could be the majority of the population are and have been in contact with non-human intelligence and just not being aware of it but are suddenly
0: recalling there is a definite push and you know i know that there are many in isolation think it's just them and i, I yeah. i'm always you know they'll say i have met anyone like me that's having these experiences and what have you and sometimes it you know i'll say part of the reason is that you haven't yet owned it in yourself and so because you're not comfortable yet with it with it yourself then you're not giving out any kind of frequency that says i'm open to this because Mm -hmm. i find that the more open you are the more you pull people to you who recognize that but one of the things is the isolation due to where they live for example and there's nobody around they feel safe enough to talk about it and what have you so what I've done to alleviate that to a certain extent if those that are very comfortable with knowing their interactions all their lives they are having downloads they're having communication they realize who they are and with many with great awareness of their role on this planet is to connect them to uh, uh, um, a ACERN support, which is very aware people that are, you know, able to talk completely openly in a forum. They're not there needing, you know, any more of the resources of, of um, uh, uh, accepting this. They're fully accepting of it. It's just no one to talk to about some of the information they're getting, the understanding they're getting, and and having a chance to share it with others that understand the same thing and that's been really important because the of the isolation of this reality that for most of the public certainly um in mainstream anyway you know you you would be considered completely off your head um and you know we know that that's how it is the interesting thing though with all of that is the number of psychologists um that have contacted me um that have um, me Not only because of their own experiences, but because they, they maybe have a client who I had one recently who had a client that had shared their experiences and the psychologist contact me and said, um, could you give me a bit more of an, in, an understanding of what this is all about and so that hmm. I can be more supportive. So there are those that are, are realizing this is profound. It isn't a mental aberration. It isn't a mental illness and that what they are really is multidimensionally connected um, and actually not shutting it down. They're allowing themselves to try and understand it. But, of course, you know, there's there's a very normal part of every human that wants to look at the, the resources out there and hope that they will get some understanding from mainstream s- uh, sources. And they may be lucky. They might just find someone within that field that actually, you know, is accepting of this. I think, I think I told you many years ago about a psychologist uh, um, in South, uh, in Australia that um, wrote to me saying that she was having experiences, but she felt really bad because she had a guy come to see her a few years ago and had told her about the experiences. And she did the standard thing, which she regretted very much afterwards by saying, Oh, you must've had a traumatic childhood. Mm. And um, And then she said, but I feel terrible now because I've realized I'm an experiencer. So so she, um, but what she didn't know was this gentleman had written to me um, prior to that and said he'd been to so- see a psychologist that had to- told him that it must be traumatic childhood <laughs> and he realized it wasn't and he contacted me. So I I'm, was able to put her mind at rest and say, you know, actually he contacted me. But this is the big dilemma here that Mm -hmm. is still the, you know, the elephant in the room for me, is that we've got modern psychology model that still does not own that we are more than our physical senses. And that is crucial to understanding what's going on. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's finally owning that we have a consciousness within this physical body. And until we get that, acknowledged properly in mainstream we're never going to get the full understanding of what human experience is really all about of the multidimensional nature of human consciousness that's the bottom line
1: i agree with you and i'm trying to figure out how i can be polite (laughs) and in expressing my frustration because i'm with you 100 percent Um, I just finished having a a set of conversations with some beautiful individuals who consider themselves experiencers and expressed incredible frustration over the fact that the main, both collectively we did, that the mainstream refuses to relent on um, acknowledging exactly what you said, that we are way beyond our five physical senses. And yet... Rather than harp on that, I think we're seeing the needle move, Mary, just a little bit. I mean, look, let's go back to these reports that are coming out. As official as they are and as dubious as some might be, myself included, as to the motivation, it's still serving a purpose. Maybe they're participating unwittingly (laughs) um, and yet it's serving a purpose and somehow shifting the paradigm of thinking of that faction, that being the, the field of psychology as an example and beyond, to starting to acquiesce a little bit. Look at the psychologist that called you rather than her just brushing you off. The person yeah. called you and said, what do I do with this versus just throwing it away and not dealing with it at all? Do you see any relenting um, overall on the, with the attitudes with some of these people? Any relenting? If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive aftershows, Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So, click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you how it's come really, it's come through the book, The New Human, because what some more aware psychologists, aware educators, and parents that are having these children. Who are having these or, or talking about going on spacecraft? They're talking about their mandate, why why they've come to the planet. They're very empathic. They're seeing things and describing things of their multidimensional awareness. From you know um, seeing beings, um, non-human beings, uh, non-human intelligences. They're seeing sometimes even you know fairies, elementals. They're aware, some of them that have come from from other planets. And what fascinated me when I wrote the book, I didn't ever expect to get those from more mainstream fields to even pick the book up. And because the children are in such numbers now, that I'm noticing that these, you know, the more aware and more open-minded educators, the more aware and more open-minded psychologists, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, the parents trying to understand their kids have taken them to psychologists or psychiatrists or or whatever, to try and get an understanding of how, you know, why their children are very, very different. You know, they call them neurodivergent is another fancy name for the fact they're not <laughs> so normal as um, they expect them to be. and And the fact that I'm getting more and more inquiries from these sources says there's a shift going on. Um, because my, my book is pretty out there, you know, it's, 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 it covers a gamut of uh, uh, a completely different paradigm in terms of you can, you know, but what I'm personally seeing with parents that are having experiences and the children that are so much more aware, so much more, you know, many of them are telepathic, for example, many them say they're not from here. Um, one young lady, um, mother was talking about her the other day and saying that she's come to heal the people and to heal the world. And she's, you know, she, I think she's seven um, from what I remember. Mm. Um, I mean, these these are huge, profound things that these children are saying. Um, one saying she was a hybrid and she's um, she talked about coming from a water planet where she was a water being. And now she's part water being, part human. And again, you know, come with... Um, so, you know with an ability to help the planet many of them are, talk about communicating with animals and also with plants and oh, etc nice. so this ability to tap into consciousness and I mean it's it's even um, many of the older older um, individuals now that are coming out and I mean I, I I might have mentioned this lovely lady in Chile I don't know if I mentioned this to you um, a veterinary surgeon who I'd worked with a a few years ago, and she wrote to me about six, six, eight months ago and said, Mary, now when people bring their pets to me, I can tell them from my communication with the pet what's going on with them. I can actually tell the owners what's going on with them because of my ability to communicate with the pets, but not just the ones that are still alive, but the ones that have died. Mm-hmm. They'll tell me you know what they feel about their owners and be and I, I'm able to comfort them or help them understand how their pet is still you know the pets still the consciousness of the pet I can actually access and uh, communicate this to the owners. And she said, I'm quite happy for people to know about it. She says, you know, um, I, I, you know, I do this quite happily and willingly, mm-hmm. not in the least confronted by the possibility that others might find this a bit strange, but, you know, she's Good. a very, very much a doctor, Doolittle of, of Chile, you know. Um, I know a few you know, people like that. As a matter of fact, I did some
1: work, you may recall on the prospect of animal reincarnation based on a a personal story of my little kitty clover paws and uh, my husband and I both feeling very, very strongly that this was his second incarnation. So that prompted a bunch of research on uh, our ability to communicate with animals because I believe that there was a string of communications from our original kitty paws uh, to let us know about his return anyway. Mm -hmm. And that also put me in touch with people that do animal uh, communicating. Which is another thing. People are finding themselves, and again, these aren't just the children. We're seeing Mm -hmm. adults literally reborn with this new sense of connection and Mm -hmm. consciousness and and sensitivity toward the natural world, including our animal companions and Mm -hmm. the plants. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm a big, you know, guys, I'm a big gardener, and I'm I'm loving Mm -hmm. my houseplants and getting into relationship with. I happen Mm -hmm. to think it's an urgent time to realize how important that is right now. I really do. I do. Yeah. Let's get, Listen, I want to talk about, and by the way, let me not forget, you know where we're going, guys. You know where we're going. And for the first time, uh, people coming over here, we go to the next door when we're finished here. We're, we're going to talk a little longer, but we're going to go next door. We're going to continue the conversation. And Mary, you and I talked offline about maybe sharing a couple of insights that you're getting from some of the regressions that you're doing without compromising, obviously, any individual, um, any personal details, but there's a lot going on. So we are going to go next door to Patreon and uh, discuss that. So please join us over there. But in the meantime, the UFOs that we're seeing, and you know, it's so funny, I have not let the the word or the term UFO or UAP roll off of my tongue so frequent, so often, because you and I love to talk about the experiential mm-hmm. aspect, but we cannot ignore the fact that the the um, the discussion about the possibility of craft being far more visible to us now mm-hmm. uh, and in the news, um, you can't ignore it. So I'm, I am talking about that more. I want to talk about people being triggered by perhaps even just witnessing a craft.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I just talked to Caroline also, Caroline Corey, about using... Let's say somebody wants to seek out, uh, you know, a, a sighting using something like night vision goggles, something mm-hmm. that uh, that I've always wanted to do and I'm going to do. As a matter of fact, I've got a couple of great recommendations that Caroline gave me. I'm going to put in the description below because I'm doing that.
0: Have you used night vision goggles before? I certainly have. Tell us I about that. Um, well, I, I got a pair myself, but I... Um, One of the times I saw the most was when I was at Isetti with James Gilliland and Mm -hmm. he's getting sightings all the time. But we also had some when I went down to San Diego where we went out and we were seeing some interesting craft and what have you. I mean, what's what's fascinating to me is we, we know that we're in contact with many of these intelligences anyway. Even in our own homes, you know, there are people that yeah. say, "I know when to go outside." And there's the craft. I mean, Peter Slattery is one of them, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, there's there's a number here that that actually do that all the time. Liam Freeney in my in the um, the documentary I was in, a- Australian Skies, 2 was mm-hmm. um, another one. There's there's quite a few, and there, are, you know, there's so many people that say, "I just know when to go outside," and there they are. You know. <laughs> But the the interesting thing is, um, depending on how comfortable they are with their interactions, that can be quite confronting. What I also say, though, is that what I understand is often when they're going outside, there's an interaction, even if they're not fully conscious of that interaction. There's often a, right. a connection or a download or whatever. But the, the, again, the difficulties for some people is they're seeing them all the time. They know they're having some kind of communication or whatever. But the isolation that they may experience because they can't talk about it to others is one of the biggest issues for many of them because it's it's you know it's becomes so real and they may be aware other members of the family are having experiences but they can't talk to them about it because they shut down or in fear and this is why I think disclosure uh, and the truth of it is so important not just for mainstream um, therapists and 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 the model of support but because so many everyday people are so afraid of this because they don't understand what's going on. And they do think that they, they must be going crazy or mm-hmm. they just don't wanna be different or they're told by their religion that it's dangerous or yes. it's demons exactly. or whatever. So yeah. there's all of that that you know that's creating all the fear. So mm-hmm. the sooner we get true disclosure where people realize that there are not just thousands, excuse me, not just millions, but I suspect billions of people
1: Absolutely, take a sip and I'll 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 fill in. I couldn't agree more. This is what we've been talking about uh, recently in private company as well as uh, on the air, and going back to the whatever the motivation is on the part of the officialdom, uh, talking so much about UFOs and UAPs these yeah. days, it it it's going to serve a purpose, Mary. Just mm-hmm. in the fact that it's starting to plant a seed of acceptability, at least the quotient will be a little higher than it was before psychologically speaking will lower that giggle factor raise the curiosity factor and so many of those people that are suffering in silence uh heretofore may Mm. now be able to talk a little bit freer because it's a little bit more socially acceptable so that's why i say there's there's always a way that we can um leverage whatever these agendas are and it may be an honest agenda I don't know but there's there's something there's something going on with with that for me the idea getting back to people being triggered Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and these are people who previously were not at all either uh, at least not consciously interested or proactively talking about it but being Mm -hmm. triggered by having a sighting. Get the night vision goggles. I look, I can't stop. I'm about to to do this actually. And yeah. using it almost as a therapy. Um, mm-hmm. because are we talking about craft? Not all of them that we see are that, but those that we feel connection with, are the craft themselves sentient? Are we actually, when we're witnessing craft over a period of time, are we perhaps
0: having an encounter?
1: That's what you just uh, made reference
0: to. Because the thing is with with the fact that people don't always notice the time and they may think they've just seen something for a couple of minutes, but that could actually be 10 or 15, 20 minutes. There's been some kind of interaction and they're not aware of it because um, that's the other part, part of all of this is that we don't always notice that there's been a a time discrepancy. So they think, Mm -hmm. oh, I just watched it for a few minutes and then I went inside. One of my questions often is, did you feel different afterwards? Mm -hmm. Because there's a clue Mm -hmm. for you. Um, Did you find yourself more interested in certain things? Did you find your awareness in some way was um, your uh, perspective or um, had changed in any way or whatever? Because there's a clear indication that there's been some kind of, interaction that you've not been aware of where they planted something into your consciousness and got you motivated in a new way or whatever as well. So often sightings do mean there is an interaction of some kind. I
1: I agree. I absolutely agree. In fact, I was talking to someone several years ago who believes based on his research, perhaps anecdotally, that a, a sighting that lasts over, oh, I believe eight minutes is probably likely more than just a sighting, but an encounter. It brings me back to the article that MSN released and the quote of uh, uh, Kirkpatrick, who said an artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage to Earth. My dream, all of this let's he's calling them probes we're going to call them craft Mm -hmm. and could those the fact that there are multitudes of them could they be somehow affecting our consciousness just by virtue of them passing
0: close to earth well i think all of that is 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 quite possible what we're talking about now is you know different frequencies coming from various sources that are triggering consciousness and we know that anyway we know that about you know different frequencies in music for example how different ones can affect our awareness and whatever what are all these star languages that are coming out from people quite spontaneously and they feel sometimes they they'll say to me you know I feel really weird saying it or whatever um or what and then suddenly it'll just start to come out and out out it all comes and I say they'll say I'm sorry about that it just had to come out or whatever you know (laughs) Sometimes they have a sense of it. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting. Some sound almost like they could be some kind of human language, and some not in the slightest. Mm. There was one recently, and it sounded very much like Japanese. When this when when this person started to spontaneously come out with it, other times it you know it it sounds just like clicking, almost like um, dolphin, the dolphin clicking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can have a sense of it. Sometimes they don't, because I'll say, "Do you have a sense of what you were saying or whatever?" And sometimes I'll say, "Not at all." And other times they'll it, it, they'll say it's a sense or a feeling that they get from it. So it's affecting us in no some way. No question. I I, I'm, I know I've heard many, many, many different ones, but I always remember this one at a little conference that was local. It was only a few hours away from here. And I've never forgotten the feeling when this lady started to talk this different languages in front of me. For me, it was, she was talking to me on some level with the language and I had this huge overpowering sense Of something very deep and profound and it made me really very teary. Mm. I've heard loads of them that haven't had that same effect with me but there was something that was triggered deeply within me and it took me several days to get over that feeling because it was so powerful and so profound and I'm thinking what else is going on that we yet don't understand other than I believe it's 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 connected to the DNA, it's connected to who we really are and the information held in the DNA that we haven't yet um tapped into mm-hmm. that I think is all part of that's the that's the that's the bottom line, I think, is is it's the DNA. Somehow or other it's doing something in in the activation of that.
1: Absolutely. You know, this makes me think of the the barrage of repeating numbers that people are seeing Mm -hmm. that we reference so often, Billy Carson and I did a show not that long ago on what he, we referred to as angel numbers, but I've often wondered, same thing, Mary, if the Mm -hmm. seeing of repeating numbers, whatever the pattern is for the individual is somehow speaking to a level of even our cellular structure, our Mm -hmm. DNA. And even though we're trying to consciously understand what they mean for us, it's still doing what it needs to do by virtue of our seeing it activating perhaps a portion mm-hmm. of our dna it's very mm-hmm. curious to me what are your thoughts on that with the numbers and why so many people are seeing them could that be connected
0: i think absolutely numbers are a frequency yes. after all and the universe works on mathematics and what have you and so many have seen the 1111s for example and 2222 and all these sequence of numbers I- i'm hearing it from s- uh, so many I've lost count I know and and what I found with me is when something very significant happens many times I'll look down at the clock and it'll go 11 it I'll see it as 11 11 mm-hmm. and what that's saying to me is whatever I've just been exploring or looking at is very relevant something I must take notice of it or mm-hmm. almost is like now do you realize this is important because of the number that I've just seen and you you know it, it's because, um, to me, I think it's all tied in. We're just beginning to understand that numbers are so important in terms of frequency.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think that's very important. And so many say that you know, when you're when you're glimpsing a number that's calling your attention, mm. recall what you were thinking about and pay special attention. But on another level, could they be literally communicating at the cellular, level, the molecular level to do something to us, whether we're not just do something to us, but to to activate something that we may not be uh, uh, completely familiar with. Question mark. I, I don't know, but it's just profound. And we know that there's a big phenomenon happening here. Listen, I have some questions from our patrons. Part of the benefit of being a patron is you get to ask questions and I'm guaranteed to ask my guests. So Mary, we got a couple. You ready for them before we sign off for the main show? Okay this uh well there are a couple from uh, thoughts 11 hello thoughts 11 this is uh thoughts 11's avatar it's, i don't know the person's actual name tell me your name thoughts 11 and anyway, speaking of numbers 11 yeah i just i didn't even think about that i bet that's where that came from thoughts 11 yeah. curious about et
0: agendas any messages or warnings they're giving to humanity Oh, well, there's a huge uh, amount of information that's coming. And the agendas are multiple, depending on wh- which type of species we're talking about. Some of them all, you know, work together, you know, in like a galactic community, for example. The ones that I think are benevolent that work in these galactic communities are really giving us a lot of messages, not only about looking after our planet and um raising our frequency to um, understand we're all connected and to bring in you know um, our, uh, the awareness of our abilities and our part in in sh- shifting consciousness and if you say well how do we know these agendas are you know benevolent or not one of the most fascinating things in the survey that we did with the dr. Edgar mitchell free foundation 4200 people 600 questions one of the things that 85 percent of them had actually noticed, after their contact was a psycho-spiritual transformation. Now, if you had a negative agenda, that would not be the case. Why would they raise consciousness if in, in fact we were just to be taken out at some point? And that's you know the bottom line with that one. Only 15% still were in fear or uncertain. And, and I believe there's a reason for that as well, which is another which is part of what I call uh, more self-serving or human agendas as well. But 85% psycho-spiritual transformation is telling me that there's something benevolent underlying mm-hmm. most of the agendas that we get on this planet. There's many other things as well.
1: Mm-hmm. You're, always the glass half full person. And I don't say that uh, being patronizing at all. You're seeing, because I, I I do feel that there's a spectrum of motivations because it's probably a spectrum of beings, but you can't ignore those numbers, Mary. I mean, we're talking well over 4,000 respondents and there was an overwhelming consensus that this is more of a spiritual evolution, not devolution. Uh, In a a benevolent way. So that's great. I I think that's something worth holding on to. So thank you for that. Okay, so this one is from from Sue who asks, I would appreciate any information about the Pleiadians, just about the (laughs) Pleiadians. Also, how to communicate with spirit guides, angels and how to cope during these times. So we've got a few questions here. You can tackle any one or all of them if you like.
0: Well, I only really know um, a little bit about those that identify with Pleiadian ancestry. And they seem to be, from most of my understanding, extremely benevolent. They have visited this planet many times. We have Pleiadian DNA, I believe, of the 12 different types of species that have interacted with humans. Um, There's been a lot of information saying they were one of them. There's others as well from you know, Orion, Sirius, etc., etc., Arcturus, Andromedans, and what have you. But certainly the Pleiadians seem on the whole to be very benevolent, very loving, very supportive of the planet. And certainly there are many people that are connected or feel connected to that particular star system.
1: I just spoke with someone who described, she did not call them Palladian per se, but the way she described the appearance of, um, it sounded like how Pleiadians are roughly described. Do you believe they're walking amongst us now in some cases?
0: Oh, absolutely. As many other humanoid races are, and they're very good at, um, you know, appearing human. The only thing is that sometimes people can sense there's something very different about them. And it's, I think it's an energetic thing. And, you know, I I always remember being uh, seeing one that I was pretty certain was not human in a post office once. um, And she was behind the counter. And I don't know what it was about her, but I looked at her and I thought there's something really weird about you. And I was wanting to investigate it more. Next time I went to the post office and she wasn't there ever again. And it was only that once that I actually saw and she was behind the counter, but there was something really eerie and strange about it. And okay. I, I just, I just thought this woman, she's not. And she
1: was woman. never there again.
0: Never there again. Just that once.
1: I think you should be regressed on that one. <laughs> wow. <gasps> we, look, we don't know who we're walking next to. I've had know. a few instances where I've questioned the human, humanness that's a word of the of certain individuals not often and i certainly don't go looking for it but there have been some that and richard dolan has talked about quite a few uh, situations that he's heard of so who's to say i think all things in motion lights in the sky interactions within our private space mm-hmm. they're walking amongst us we're walking amongst them maybe one day we can come together and the disclosure as um many have said, will be uh, bottom-up versus top-down. And I hope that's the case, Mary. I really do. You're, you continue to do freaking amazing work <laughs> with the people that you are, the, the the scope of the individuals that you're working with. I know I put out a little Instagram message earlier today and, and heads up, Mary is coming back on the show. Everyone's like, I just love Mary so much because you are doing such stellar work and bringing the human personal Interpersonal factor to all of this. This is um, this is about human evolution at the core level. How do we recognize more of our own consciousness and and not be afraid to explore these dimensions that we're interacting with all of the time? And I think it's urgent right now. You you are so necessary right now, Mary. I can't say that enough. So tell us what you've got going on. I know you're doing a little bit of travel, right? Not as yeah. much, but what are you doing? Where are you going?
0: I'm only doing one major overseas trip this year, and that's to the UK to work, uh, to the, um, what is it? The uh, Awakening oh, okay. Expo in Manchester. Um, that one is a huge event from what I've heard. You know? Yes, I've been. I spoke at that a few years ago. It's a fantastic event. Um, and I think it's the also the world tour of hidden knowledge. Um, I think that's the uh, other part of it as well. Mm-hmm. but what what is is fascinating is that for me, it's it's a lovely group of different areas of knowledge. It's not you know just on this particular area but right right, you know hidden knowledge it's it's the whole range of things which Mm -hmm. will be interesting I'm looking forward to meeting um Craig uh who's the the one in in Red Dwarf um I have to say I've been a fan of Red Dwarf it's an English cult type sci-fi comedy type thing um and I'm looking forward to meeting him because he's going to be the MC. oh
1: fantastic
0: so I'm a fan. I'm having to say I'm, I'm a fan. There you of, go.
1: There you of, go. Well, listen, shout anyway. out. To, to, yeah, shout out to the people that put The Awakening on. I know that it's they've got a great team and I, I enjoyed being there a few years ago. So wish I could see you over there, but that that should be fantastic. What I mean. about another book, Mary? You, oh, there's in. a number
0: of people <laughs> asking about that. I, I, I need to know what it is I've got to focus on. Um, and I haven't yet had that crystallized. So I'm mm. going to... Wait till that that um, that bright spark comes in and says this is what it's going to be about, Mary. Because there's so many wonderful experiences, stories now, which is brilliant that so many people are writing their their stories about their experiences, which is the disclosure from the ground up, which is, I think is just amazing. So I've I've got to be clear about what it is that I need to share that you know will be helpful to those. But when you say that we're all doing a, an important job, you, you know your job. I have to say, and so many of the, with the, those that, you know, put the, their energy into sharing information is so vital. You know, um, I couldn't do it without you and others mm-hmm. like you that are doing this. So I want to say a big thank you to you and oh, all thank those you. Um, thank you. that put this love, time and energy into bringing out the information that supports so many millions of people. I the appreciate club. that.
1: I'm honored to be in your circle and doing this soul work together. And I'm looking at all of you and and saying thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts. So appreciate that, Mary. Thank you so much. Well, listen, acern.com, correct, or is it
0: you tell tell us the website I should know by now, but <laughs> ACERN.com.au or Maryrodwell.com or Alien Lady, any of those will get me. But I'm also on Facebook as well. That's right.
1: Okay, fantastic. I love it. Of course, we'll have all the links for you, journeyers, so you can connect with Mary Rodwell directly. Well, Mary, we're going to continue. You're going to give us a little sneak peek, not a sneak peek, but a little bit of insight into some of what you're hearing in the regressions. Um, So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Come on over and join us, everyone on Patreon. You know, how it works. Come on over, become a journeyer in the Patreon community and help support, keep the work that we love so much going Mm -hmm. so we can keep delivering uh, content and information and hopefully inspiration to you. So it's simple. It's patreon.com slash higher journeys. We're going there right now. We're going to talk more with Mary Rodwell, But in the meantime, I thank you so much for joining us. And again, always, Mary, we thank you and love you much. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. We'll see you next door. All right. Take care.